I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show. Want to say hi to all the Pewter people that are in the comments and those that are joining us as the show just gets started underway. This is our last episode of the week before the Bucks play their next game against the Tennessee Titans, a home game, which uh, of course we'll have the Peter game day show, which we'll talk about later and the Peter post game show. But we got to talk about how this game is a must win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're going to talk about the importance of this game get into some of the press conferences that we had. And funny enough, there were some interesting words said by the man on the graphic, Devin White, get live 45. Uh, this graphic was actually made before we even knew that we were going to be talking to Devin White. So, uh, you know, timing is everything, ain't it? I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewterreport.com. He was there at practice with me today. Adam Slavon. Adam, what's popping? What's popping? It's great to be on here with you on the Thursday. And I think uh, Dave Canal said it best today. It's November in Florida. It's a nice sunny day, great weather, mid 80s. But on the topic of the Bucks, a lot of different things to get into today. There is. And I actually, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but there is something I want to get into first. And uh, we do have a super chat from Salty Buccaneer. We will talk about that in just a moment. Um, and it kind of has to do with the the beautiful sunny weather. Weather was great today. It's still like pretty hot. And you guys may have seen the Boxer once again wearing a white jersey at home. And uh, I believe they're rocking Peter Pants. So they're mixing it up a little bit. But why the hell aren't they wearing their red jerseys? Like it just yeah. does not make sense to me. I understand the whole, oh, uh, like it overheats players and stuff like that. I get it for like September and October. It's November. All right? right. You're the Bucks. Every team has a white jersey. Not every team has a red jersey. The Bucks have worn their red jerseys once. They've worn their creamsicle once, as expected. So they're about to play their ninth game. And they've only worn any other iteration of something besides white twice. This yeah. season. And the last thing before we get your comments, Adam, I don't want to hear like, oh, it gives them such an advantage because uh, they won't be overheated. Bull effing squat. <laughs> I can't believe I actually didn't curse there. They yeah. just lost to the Falcons three weeks ago. The Falcons were wearing all black. Were the, were the Falcons overheated? Is that why Desmond Ritter fumbled three times? I don't know. <laughs> They need something to change their luck. The exactly, exactly. You know? Anything to change their luck. By the way, the one, the one win at home because the Bucks do not have an advantage at Raymond James Stadium. They've lost every single time except for their first game at home in Week Two. The Bears wore bright orange. You can say, "Oh, well, they won that game." The Bears are wearing bright orange. They had the ball with a chance to win with a little over two minutes to go. The game was sealed. When Shaq Barrett had that pick six right in the end zone. The Bears did not lose that game. The Bucs did not win that game. Because the Bears were overheated 
in their orange jersey. The Bears actually stuck close with the Bucs, and then Shaq closed it out at the end. So any argument about they're too hot or whatever is just null and void. It's the same thing of like, oh, well, a team in Florida can't beat a team that plays in cold weather. Well, we saw the Bucs do it in 2020 when they defeated the Packers. So let's just stop with this like, oh, the uniform is going to affect how their temperature yeah, it affects it to like a little bit to the point that they cannot win a football game because they're wearing red. Get the hell out of here with that crap. I, I appreciate the uniform discussion. And I, one more thing to add with ever since they uh, donned the creamsicles, they've been losing. So maybe swap out the creamsicle, start wearing the red yeah. and put away the white for a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to these super chats. Thank you to Salty Buccaneer for the 499 super chat who says, I'm still so disgusted by that defensive performance from Carlton that I haven't allowed myself to mentally return from my vacation to Chicago last weekend. Well, I hope you had a good time in the, uh, in the Windy City. I'll give I'll give Carlton credit, though. Like, listen, it was a bad game. He hasn't played great this season. There's still concerns about that. He doesn't have an interception. Jamel Dean doesn't have an interception. Antoine Winfield Jr. doesn't have an interception. Ryan Neal doesn't have an interception. <clears throat> Is there a little solace to be found in the fact that it, that Carlton went up there and said, I'm sorry, I let the city of Tampa down. I let my teammates down. Yeah. I think there should be a little bit of respect for the fact that he at least stood up and is facing the music when – other players around the league, other players in this locker room, not so much. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And, and especially a stark difference from Carlton Davis's comments to like Devin White today and what yes. he had to say when asked about how he has performed so far this season. He could have like taken it a whole different direction. We'll get into mm -hmm. that. But just owning up to your mistakes is huge. And I think for Carlton Davis, especially being that trash talker, going up against a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who mm -hmm. he himself talks a lot of trash, I think Carlton Davis is going to have a bounce back game. But I think so, too. I, I think he's going to have the most gigantic of chips uh, on his shoulder going into this one. Yeah. Um, I want to get to another one from Salty Buccaneer. Uh, forget red. Wear the pewter uniform. So. They will be wearing the pewter uniforms at some point this season. I can't say when. I do not have the authority to announce it publicly of when. But they, they will be rocking the pewter jerseys. And just stay tuned because in the next couple of weeks you may hear something. Um, Eric Moreno sticking on the topic of Carlton Davis. And thank you, Eric, for the $2 Super Chat. Do you guys think Carlton Davis plays Sunday? Um, well, typically when a guy like speaks in the locker room, especially when they put him in that little area where the, you got the Bucks logo on the back, they don't typically do that with injured players. Now I know Carlton didn't practice on yesterday and the injury report yeah. just came out. I know we're going to do the injury report later, but since we're on the topic of it, uh, let's see, let's see. Carlton Davis did not participate again with the toe injury. Wow. So that, um, you know, that was something that hurt him earlier in the season. And that's why Zion McCollum got to play a fair amount. Also, because Jamel Dean got hurt. Uh, he was on the see. sideline and running. He was. Yeah. So he warmed up and everything. Jamel Dean was limited in practice. That's actually a great sign because he had a concussion. Matt Filer limited, Luke Gedeke limited, Logan Hall limited, Josh Hayes did not participate again. Kalijah Cansey was added to the injury yeah, report. That's a big one. Yeah, with a quadricep injury, he was limited in practice, so something to stay tuned. Trey Palmer, with a neck-slash-illness, did not participate. That'll be important to monitor, because regardless of like the stat production that Trey Palmer has given the Bucs this season— He's averaging about 70 to 80% of the offensive snaps. So he is yeah. involved a lot, whether or not they're throwing him the football. Devin Tompkins uh, fully participated. He had a personal reason yesterday. And then uh, Vita Vea was a full participant. So do I think Carlton Davis will play? Yeah, I think Carlton yeah. will play. Will he play well? That is... Um, <laughs> That's that a fair is, question. Yes, that is... 
a fair question. That is uh, the bigger question, really, when it comes to Carlton Davis. I know we played this yesterday, but I do want to play it one more time. Just Carlton owning up to everything that went on uh, from Sunday's game. Uh, anything was wrong. Uh, I don't have an explanation, honestly, like what you've seen has been happening. Um, you got to own up to it. Um, hurtful to watch and to be playing in your head, especially knowing like the you know, caliber of player I am and the standards that I have. It's, it's like one of the worst things that can happen. And, and it's the brutal truth of you know playing corner. Is that a you know whatever you are not on, on point? It's for the whole world to see, and it could be for all the marbles. That's just a position that I play. Uh, but, uh, you know, I take it with pride, and uh, I love what I do, and, you know, I'm going to get better, and I move it on past it, and, you know, I just want to get that nasty taste out of my Like I said, like, the position I play, it's like, it's a brutal position, you know, where when you mess up, it's for millions to see, um, and I know that. I've always known that. I've been here before. It's not my first rodeo. And uh, I know how to come back from this. My confidence won't be not. Next time you see me, I'm sure you'll be able to tell that my confidence will be the same as it was before. Um, the play happened, and uh, it, it hurt. Uh, it's like the worst thing that can happen to any corner. But um, you, know, you got to move on. I, I can't stay stuck in that moment. I can't. Um, no produce off that moment. I can't allow it to affect me and affect this team. You know, even though you know, I, I feel I feel bad not just for me but you know for my team, for the fans, for the, the city of Tampa. Um it hurts. So but it's something that I I have to move forward. I have to um, be better. Shout out to Carlton for his candidness with uh, everything that he said yesterday, not always the easiest thing to get up in front of cameras and microphones when, uh, quite frankly, when you play terribly <laughs> in uh, last Sunday's game. But uh, let's fast forward a little bit, move over to the offensive side of the football, because as our day started after practice, we did hear from the human Celsius himself, Dave Canales, a bit of an interesting just spot overall for Canales and his offense because it's like, hey, you scored 37 points. It's the most amount of points you scored this whole season. You did it on your own, too. You clearly didn't get any help from the from the defense <laughs> yeah. where they have before with just certain field position stuff and, and takeaways and, and things of that matter. But, Adam, I'll ask you just your biggest uh, – takeaways or anything really that stood out with to you with um with Dave Canals. Yeah, so kind of going over Canals's comments today. Uh the first thing that stood out to me is the progress. Dave Canals sees a progress and for once he was giving a press conference where the blame wasn't on him more than it was the defense. Yeah. And <laughs> when he was kind of giving his comments towards the end, he was wondering if the offense could have scored 49 points and just that although they did well there is room to improve and get better. And I think that the offense as a whole, he mentioned uh, different players such as Rashad White uh, getting more involved in the passing game. It's just coming together. And I think when you look at it from a midseason perspective, the game plan's there. It's just all about execution now at this point. And one other thing I really liked was when he was talking about Baker Mayfield. I thought his comment when he said, he can't wait to knock you out. And yeah, he's kinda, like a prize fighter. <laughs> yeah, and it's a heavyweight bout. And he he's always looking for those op opportunities when the defense puts its gloves down. That stood out to me, and it kind of speaks on the relationship that Canales and Mayfield have been building uh, from the offseason. And it really looks like Mayfield is comfortable out there, and Canales seems more than uh, pleased with the production that he's gotten from his from his quarterback. Yeah, again, I think with Baker and I think a little bit with Mike Evans as well. I was having a conversation with uh, another media person. Shout out to Randy Harris. And I'll, I'll bring up my Mike theory in a second. But I think Baker's like this a little bit where the stats of Baker don't necessarily tell the story of what's going on with the offense. Because if you look at Baker's stats, you're like, oh, wow, like great 
touchdown to interception ratio, solid amount of yards, solid amount of like completion. But if you watch the game and you watch the tape, you're like, damn, he missed this throw, this throw, this throw. He got sacked here when he shouldn't have. This ball got tipped and so on and so forth. And that's not to say I'm not I'm not trying to uh, disparage Baker Mayfield right now. I think yeah. he's been perfectly like average. Again, he's playing like a $4 million quarterback right now. And I don't think he's the reason why the Bucs have lost four in a row in total. I think he's obviously played a little part into it. So... Um, I, I I agree with everything that Canal said about Baker because it's true. Baker does want to knock you out. Baker does yeah. want to, like, you know, run into you and then talk crap to you after he just clowned you. On I think uh, week one against the Vikings when he had that run. And then he he uh, did that stiff arm on the sideline. He got all pumped up. Like, that's yeah. the kind of guy he is. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Adam. So um, I like what he said there for sure. I actually, and this goes to something that like Baker said yesterday and and um, Tristan Wirfs talked about it a little bit today when we were in the locker room and and Canals definitely talked about it. Well, yes, they they like a lot of the things that they did, 37 points and all that stuff. Baker and Canales like specifically really just talked about how they didn't help the team in the third quarter where they just yeah. like barely moved the ball. They punted a ton and it kept their defense on the field the whole time so even though they scored 37 points you know they they tired out the Bucks defense as well and kept the defense on there for for quite a while which is why the Texans were able to score so I like that Canales kind of didn't just be like oh hey we were great in this 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 and this he said okay we got better at this and that like he even talked about the running game he was like of course, he talked about the stubbornness, and I would love to rush for 150 yards, but we didn't do yeah. that. So he wasn't saying like, "Hey, look what Rashad did with those two yards for two rushes for for 15 yards." So I respect him really taking it all with a grain of salt. Of yes, we improved, but like this isn't the finished product, and because he's been on the other side of it of like, "Hey, we're getting better. You guys just haven't seen it yet." I'm glad he isn't throwing a parade because he had one good performance and the offense wasn't the reason why they lost. Now, something that I guess you could say bothered me or something that I disagree with what Canal said, and he's kind of talked about this before, which is that, oh, you know, they're doing everything to try to take Mike out of the game and try to take Chris out of the game. And he said it in a complimentary way at first, like, oh, hey, this is great. You know, yeah. Is is stepping up as a, as a uh, as a wide receiver, running back that can catch the ball and Kate Odden obviously had the best game of his career. I'm just a little tired of like, oh well, the defense took away Mike. There's no way we can get Mike Evans the football anymore. <laughs> I just don't buy that because I've said it before. Yeah. Got Stephon Diggs and and uh, Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. They're also great wide receivers that defenses go. We can't let them get the ball, and then they still get. The football so yeah and, and to bring this full circle to what i was talking about with randy about mike evans because he asked me what, what do i think of mike's season so far and like baker like if you just box score watch you'd say oh wow mike's having a pretty good year you know like he just on his way to a thousand yards you know yards just had 80 plus receiving yards in the last game against the texans but again you watch the game and I don't know, Adam, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mike had the big catch down the field where he landed at the one and they scored on a play or two later. But it feels like the last couple of games, Mike has one big moment and he has yep. one big play, but then he doesn't really have an imprint on the game before or after. It's like you get the one college basketball's back, the one shining moment with Mike Evans each game. And quite frankly, with this offense that has struggled up until Sunday, I think they need a little bit more from Mike or at least get him or Chris Godwin to be more of a focal point, And they're just not really finding ways to do it. Yeah, I think you touch on a lot of great points when you talk about Mike Evans in the season he's had so far. And I feel like if you take the Bears game out of the picture, yeah, Mike Evans is his season. Pedestrian. Yeah, you look at it in a lot different light. And I think when you look at Mike Evans' usage in games, you might say at the end of the game, oh, he has 81 receiving yards. He had a nice game. It isn't on him. It's like 
they don't utilize him until the end of the game, until the fourth quarter. And getting him involved early, I think during the Saints game, he had a great chance to really have a breakout game before yes. he left. I but, agree. He was used often. I don't mean to cut you off, but he was used yeah. often in that Saints game. And then they said, all right, Mike's out. We're going to go to Chris. That was really his chance at a revenge game against Marshawn Lattimore. It and was. Unfortunately for Bucks fans, they didn't get to see it fully. But just going back to that, in the first quarter, getting Mike Evans involved early and often, there's no reason they, they shouldn't be able to do so. Because you look at other receivers across the league, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown, Jamar Chase, they're either at 1,000 yards or already or pretty close. And Mike Evans, while he's maybe not the best receiver in football, He's still a top 10, top 15 wide receiver. And whether that's playing him outside, shifting him inside, they have to get him involved more often. And same goes for Chris Godwin, too. Another receiver, he only has one touchdown so far this season. And that that's mind-boggling. He, again, a 1,000-yard wide receiver, just not being schemed up in the most advantageous ways. Love this comment from Game On who says, impossible that both can't get open at the same time. Yeah. You cannot double team both guys. So, uh, yeah, it is a little frustrating. Again, I don't want to like crazy nitpick the offense. They did score 37 points. And again, like Chris was not, you want to say he had a quiet game. I mean, he was nowhere to be found. And I'm Two not catches, blaming 16 yards. Yeah. And, and I'm not like crazy blaming Chris Godwin. It's just, it's good that Rashad White stepped up. It's good yeah. that Kate Otten had a great game. It's awesome that. You know, Trey Palmer, again, the stats don't show it, but he drew pass interference penalty, and he did a lot of different things to have an impact on this game to show, all right, there's something that you can work with here. Uh, I want to <laughs> get to some comments from people, but it's all like fire Todd Bowles and <laughs> get rid of this guy. I get it. A lot of people want Todd Bowles out. Um I, I will ask you on the topic sure. of Todd Bowles, just kind of off script. So let's say the offense maybe does score 25, 30 points a game the rest of the season in that ballpark. And let's say it's still week 16. The Bucks are maybe, I don't know, like 5 and 10, 5 and 11. They're out of the playoff picture. Sure. Do they do they fire Todd Bowles maybe and like give the reins to Dave Canales for two games and say, hey, like, what can you do? Because at the end of the season, there's not a lot to play for. And could he find his way into maybe becoming the head coach? Ooh, that is a loaded question. First of all, I, I, it, I really don't like that everyone's like, well, the Glazers have never fired a coach in season before. It's like, all right, what? So that, that means that, that they have this precedent. Well, they, they can precedent. never fire a coach. But like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. we've never done it before. There's no way we can do it now. I, like, I don't, I don't think that changes anything. If if anything, I think it's almost better to fire a coach like in week 17 or 18. So you're like, all right, we are moving forward. Yeah. I think it would be very difficult to give Canales the head coaching job when you have other coaches that have been there for much, much longer. For example, Harold Goodwin is the assistant head coach. Yeah. yeah. By de facto or whatever you want to call it, Say Todd Bowles wasn't able to coach a game for whatever reason. Harold Goodwin would be the assistant coach. That happened. I don't know. B.A. had to miss a practice one time a couple seasons. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So who do we speak to that day? Harold Goodwin. It would not be a great look if... All they of a kind of jumped like, oh, over hey, Harold Goodwin and then yeah, went to Dave Canales. Yeah, and I and I I respect the sentiment that you're coming from. And Harold Goodwin has very much been on the record that he wants to be an NFL head coach someday. But it's a little bit tough, you know. He's an offensive line coach. Not that offensive line coaches can't become head coaches, but he doesn't call plays. And there's a lot of times where um, it's very tough to not be a play caller on offense and defense and then become a head coach because it's it's all about systems and scheme what yeah. are you bringing 
to this team. So I really like the question. I I think there's a better chance of them firing Todd Bowles in season than Canales taking on the, you know, interim head coach type of uh, situation. It's, it's something to think about, though, especially in a league where young offensive minds are like the next big thing. And they're really the hot commodity in every head coaching cycle. As, uh, like a guy like Ben Johnson with the Lions, like everybody wants him. Yeah. It's like, why not see if Dave Canales can maybe be that guy? I, I think there's something to it as well, yeah. because you could say that like about Sean McVay back in the day. No one thought that was going to be. I don't Kyle think Shanahan, be Matt yeah, yeah. yeah, Mike McDaniel with the with the Dolphins. You know, um, I, I do think at times it is good to have former NFL players as head coaches. I think players can resonate to that a lot more. But like, I, I don't know. The Dolphins aren't tuning out Mike McDaniel. Right. <laughs> That's true. Means. Uh, let's get a super chat from Meets McGee. Thank you, Meets McGee, for the $10 super chat who says, you guys made a comment about Dave Canales and him not being looked at as the next head coach for the Bucks. I remember the Glazers hired an immature Raheem Morris who didn't have any coordinator experience. Yeah, it, it's it's tough to argue against that, but I guess what I would say is, well, look how that turned out <laughs> with uh, with Raheem Morris. and. Besides is, that one season, it was a lot of like he he was canned because they went on a massive losing streak, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people said like, oh, well, if he got a head coaching job again, he would be great because like he learned so much more. And I guess that was the same idea with Todd Bowles. I think it's just really t- like right now with Canals, what like what would qualify him to be a head coach of the Bucks because the offense overachieved one game and underachieved yeah. heavily for the remainder. Is it his upbeat attitude? Yeah, sure. I understand that. Um, I just think after one year of being an offensive coordinator is and uh, salty Buccaneer. I'm not saying like Raheem Moore should be come back and be the Bucks coach. I'm just saying like, you know, he was with Atlanta and the Rams and stuff like that and kind of rebuilt himself up as like a great defensive coordinator and a play caller and things like that, where, he could make himself eligible to get another head coaching job. Um, but for Canales, he, I mean, you still got to prove a lot more. Saying you were the yeah. quarterback's coach of Geno Smith, I don't know if that gets you a head coaching job. You're it's the not the top bullet point on the maybe. resume. It's like the supporting bullet point. Zach Jarvis says, what about Dan Quinn? I just think at today's day and age, it's... In today's day and age, it's tough to get a defensive coach. It's even more difficult when you have no idea what you're doing with the offense. Like, you're going to bring in a defensive coach and you can tell me you don't know who your quarterback is because Baker's on a one-year deal. You don't know who you're going to have a wide receiver because uh, Mike's not under contract. I think you got to figure out the offense more than uh, anything else. I just want to say, like, in the modern NFL, it's better to have that veteran defensive coordinator and yes. that young offensive-minded head coach. Like, you've seen that uh, with the Dolphins, with uh, Vic Fangio was there for a while. He's always been a defensive coordinator, making stops around the NFL. Brian Flores with the Vikings, getting yeah. that really high-tier defensive coordinator and then having that offensive mind, that Mike McDaniel, that Kevin O'Connell, and then just kind of filling in the pieces there. Misador says Bill Belichick did all right after failing in Cleveland. He did, but he also had Tom Brady. How's Bill Belichick done without Tom Brady? That's why people are clamoring for uh, the saying the Patriot way. People want to change. That's a Tom Brady Brady way. The Brady way. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough. All right. uh, We got one more super chat to get to. Appreciate you guys for all the super chats. Keep them rolling, rolling in. We'll uh, keep the conversation going. Plato's can't thank you for the 499 super chat says where does Baker rank on the list of bucks quarterbacks from past 15 to 20 years I guess say uh since Chris Sims two or three so that's going back maybe what 2005 yeah I'm gonna try to do a quick google search of all the bucks starting quarterbacks off my head I would say obviously Tom Brady won it's a toss-up between Baker Mayfield and Jeff Garcia I think for that number two spot Okay, so when do you say 2005? Yeah. We'll okay. That. That's about 2005 was Brian Greasy and Chris Sims. 2006 was Chris Sims, Bruce Gradkowski, 
and Tim Rattay. 2007 was Jeff Garcia and Luke McCown. 2008 was Jeff Garcia and Brian Greasy. These are quarterbacks that started a game uh, in those seasons. Uh, 2009, Byron Leftwich, Josh Johnson, Josh Freeman. Byron Leftwich, yeah, him up there. Started three games in 2009. Then you had Freeman for most of 2010 through 2012. Mike Glennon, and then you had the Jameis years, Fitz, Fitz and Tom Brady. So Brady won, obviously. Um, I mean, again, if you're going back to 2005, obviously Chris Sims didn't work out. Maybe Jeff you could Garcia make... was solid, though. Yeah, you could. I, I think they made the playoffs one year with Jeff Garcia. Yeah, I think you got to put Garcia too. And I don't know, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick three. They played well when Fitz was yeah was in the games, and maybe Jameis four, Baker five, or Baker four, Jameis five. Yeah, I don't that, know. That would be interesting. Yeah, if you guys have a list, feel free to put in the comments. I'll uh, I'll shout out Brian Greasy too. Yeah. Underrated quarterback. Yeah, let us know your lineup, your top five. Um, kind of like uh, how we would love to know your top five of your favorite Celsius energy drinks, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Look at all those great flavors. You got the sparkling orange pomegranate, the sparkling orange, the peach vibe, the sparkling watermelon, strawberry acai. There's so many awesome, great flavors. My personal favorite is the Arctic vibe, which you can see on the screen here. Uh, no sugar, no post-energy drink, crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. Um, do you know where to find one? You can pick one up by going over to the store locator on the Celsius website, punching in your address, and uh, it'll tell you where you can get one. It could be at your local Walmart, Target, Health and Fitness store, or quite possibly your bodega. Bodega. Nice. And once you keep going to your bodega, you know you want more because you love it so much. You want to get it in bulk. You can. That's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. I'd recommend getting the variety pack. It's a variety of spice of life. You heard me talk about all the awesome flavors of Celsius. And uh, you can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. You're the captain. Just make sure you drink it Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and pewterreport.com. And, of course, the Pewter Game Day show, which will be back on again this Sunday for Bucks vs. Titans. We'll do an hour pregame show starting at 12 noon with myself. I think we're going to have Josh Capo on as well because everybody else will be at the game, which will be fun. Um, and then, yeah, stay on for my reactions, analysis, all that fun stuff when the game goes on. And one thing that at least has been a constant is whether they win or lose, it's usually pretty entertaining. So we can all bond together about how the Bucks are playing poorly and start talking about the draft a little bit more. Or maybe we'll all be happy and the Bucks will win. And that would be great, too. So anyway, check out Celsius, check out the Peter Game Day show, all that fun stuff. We will talk about Devin White, and we will talk about Larry Foote, but we can't do that until we get to all these Super Chats, Adam. Yeah. Starting yeah, out sure. with uh, Cata Max, thank you for the $5 Super Chat, <laughs> it says, at least it isn't the Lovey Smith days, LOL. Those are very painful games to watch as a Bucks fan. Great job, as always. PR. Thank you so much for the nice Thank words, Catamax. And yeah, it's gone better than Lovey. And if they do move on from Todd Bowles, and I'm still saying if you never know what can yeah. happen. Um, there is kind of some fun in a head coaching search. We had the offensive coordinator coaching search. They uh, went through what 10, 11 offensive yeah, coordinators last off season, and yeah, it makes it fun. And you know, change can be a good thing at times. So it can appreciate be. those kind words. Yeah. Salty Buccaneer with the 499 Super Chat. Getting back to our quarterback conversation. Says one Brady, two to five. Who cares? We stunk. Fitzmagic was fun, though. Fitzmagic was quite the ride. It was a very, very quick ride. But, man, was that fun. You know, we had the whole getup that Deshaun Jackson gave them. They won some games. They beat the Saints on that opening game. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the Fitz 
the Fitzmagic roller coaster. I do wonder as well if they would have stuck with Fitz for like long term that yeah. season that James got suspended. Because I know they lost the Steelers and they got smoked by the Bears, and that's why they kind of that's the first game where Jameis was able to come back. And because they got smoked, I think it was kind of easier to turn to Jameis. But eh, I do wonder every I, game. I do wonder. Yeah. That he came in, I remember watching, like, didn't cover the Bucks back then, just watching as a as an observer. He would come in and like every pass would be a deep ball. And he would yeah. average like 10 to 15 yards on every pass. So just he was really exciting. Yeah. I mean, he he had a better deep ball and deep ball chemistry with Deshaun Jackson than Jameis Winston did. Oh, the memories. Yeah. That was like one of my first years covering the Bucks for Peter Report. So I think it sticks out uh just a little bit more. I wasn't even I think those are the years I wasn't even going to the games. I was just, I'd go to practice and then that's about it. And then I was able to go to the games. And now, well, now I go to some games, but we also do the Peter game day stream, which we weren't doing that beforehand. So anyway, yeah. we'll talk about that uh, another time. One more super chat from meets McGee. Thank you to meets McGee uh, for the $5 super chat. He says, I'm in no favor of having canals as head coach yet but it wouldn't shock me if they kept Todd for another year to tank and hire Canales. That's interesting. Right. Interesting. I'm not knocking your comment by any means, because I appreciate every single comment that we get from fans and, and all that good stuff, especially with these super chat us. I'm just trying to see how you could thread the needle of tanking, but your offense is playing well enough that you can convince the Glazers and if to Canales make this is, guy your next head coach. If Canales is a guy, why not make him the guy after this season then? If they fire him, why wait another year if that's the plan? I think some of it has to be the growing pains type of thing. Because that was another another comment that Canales had that was really funny when he was like, well, from an experience factor, I'm going to lose every single week against the defensive coordinator that I'm going against because he's a first-time play caller. So... I mean, in a sense, this is an audition. This is an yeah. audition for Dave Canales, maybe not even in Tampa, but around the league. If he still wants to be an offensive coordinator, I doubt he wants to go back to being quarterbacks coach when he's had the taste right. of being an offensive play caller. So you really have to thread the needle with that one. With tanking, that means the Bucs defense has to be bad, but the Bucs offense has to be good enough. Would be quite interesting. Would be very, very very quite interesting but um and it, it does yeah, circle ahead. back to uh the topic at hand today with the bucks being this game is a must win yes when you talk about 17 games in the season yeah you should win them all this game is really going to determine the trajectory of the rest of the season and maybe the organization's plans yes. uh, heading into the offseason because let's say the bucks lose this game and they go to three and six facing the 49ers probably three and seven at that point it's not playoff season it's mock draft season it and is. going through every week and seeing who could the bucks select but if they win they go to four and five and compete in a division that's still very open and then all of a sudden the snowball isn't being built anymore it's not going to be frosty the snowman making an appearance the bucks maybe get it together todd bulls he's always had a weird way of kind of riding the ship after tough losses so it's either going to be another demoralizing loss or perhaps uplifting win that maybe steers the ship back uh, in the win column. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you talked about the fact that they play the 49ers next week. Well, the week after that, yeah. they play the Panthers. So if you win this game, and like you said, we all assume that they're going to lose the next one. If you beat the Panthers, then you're, you're five what? And six. You're, you're five and six playing Atlanta. And again, tiebreakers go into oh no they play the Colts yeah the, right yeah right angle Gardner Minshew how could we forget yeah um <laughs> damn I pulled up the schedule too I guess I just missed it. anyway my bad yeah so but uh, another winnable game with the Colts so say you beat the Titans on Sunday lose to the 49ers but then you win your next two against the Colts and the Panthers back at 500 you're back at 500 with the <laughs> NFC no. South in front of you now what about this what if they lose their next two, but the Saints also lose their next two? And Ooh. the Falcons lose. The Falcons have just lost two in a row, and they lost to Josh Dobbs, 
no disrespect to Josh Jobs, but any quarterback on a new team that hasn't taken one He was practicing on the sideline with the center. Yeah. What if they're three and seven, but they're still only two games out of first place? What do you do then? Yeah, that that's a dilemma. But I feel like at that point, like they would keep Todd Bowles the rest of the season. But at the same time, are the players really fully invested in a three and seven football team? Like right. But what if what if you go three and seven? You're still only two games out, and you're like, all right, we need a spark. We're gonna fire Todd Bowles. Because we still have a chance, even as abysmal as our team has been. We're seeing it right now with the Raiders. They look like the best team in football. Yeah, Yeah. with Antonio Pierce. Um, But let's talk a little bit more about the defense. And um, spoke to some guys in the locker room today. Tristan Wurst we get every week. Always appreciate Tristan. We had a great video that Adam put up on our Instagram. Make sure uh, you check that out. But we heard from one Get Live 45 himself, Devin White who was asked a question about how he would assess how he played over uh, the first half of the season, because they've now officially played eight games in a 17-game season. And um, Devin's answer was interesting. We'll just leave it. Uh, apologize for the framing of this, but anyway, here's Devin. Um, I'm doing everything that the defense allows me to do. Uh, I'm really proud that I'm not out there, you know, playing not uh, sound. You know, I think that's the perfect word for it. I feel like I could do a lot more, and I think uh, Coach Bowles is trying to, you know, find a way to get it. You know, uh, just having, you know, the uh, people coming in and out the lineup, you got to do certain things, but man, hopefully he find more ways to be even more creative and, you know, get everybody going, including myself, just doing different things and confusing deep uh, offenses and staying rolling. But uh, that's a lot more work I can do and uh, a lot of more. Just kind of odd the way he, like, I'm trying to do the best I can with what's called. Yeah. Um, like, kind of throwing Todd Bulls under the bus in a, in a subtle way. But this, Adam, kind of goes back a little bit to things we talked about last week. And granted, Carlton had the worst game, but Carlton was kind of asked about zone. You know, Scott talked about his conversation with Carlton where Carlton kind of shrugged and rolled his eyes a little bit about the fact that he doesn't really want to play zone without flat out saying it. Yeah. Um. So do we have a mutiny on our hands? I don't necessarily think so. But I don't believe either that the Bucks are in love with some of the calling that Todd Bowles has uh, come up with. Yeah, but I feel like in Devin White's case, he maybe shouldn't say that when at times his his own effort is being questioned. And when he's on the field, like he said, uh, Todd Bowles needs to scheme up more creative ways to get me going. It shouldn't take that for Devin White to get going. When you're like playing in a contract year and you're supposed to be out there making plays, like Antoine Winfield wasn't schemed up to knock the ball out of Desmond Ritter's hands, but he did right. because he's he's a playmaker, a Great game point. changer. Devin White, he hasn't shown that he has been. He had the one interception when Jalen Hurts threw it right to him. He had the sack on Sunday on a design blitz. So he's making the plays when the plays are given to him, but he's not going out there and actually getting live himself, like taking that action. Yeah, that's a really good point, Adam. And also... Devin has gone rogue plenty of times, a lot more last season, but we've gotten on his case about uh, one of the big completions from Desmond Ritter in that Falcons game where Devin was in coverage and then just took off and started sprinting at Desmond Ritter and didn't get to Ritter. And then his guy, I I think it was Tyler Algier, ended up going 40 yards down the field on a catch and run because he just (laughs) kind of left what he was supposed to do. If you want to blitz Devin a little bit more, I'm fine with that because, you know, he is fast. I think he's solid at blitzing. Hasn't been ideal uh, over the past two years. But, yeah, a bit of an odd comment from a team captain, you know? Yeah. But maybe he's also echoing what some of the uh, the other guys feel. I guess we'll we'll find out a little bit more on uh, – on Sunday, when they play against the the Houston, or the Houston Tech, well, the Houston Oilers, they're, they're playing against the uh, the Tennessee Titans, and uh, you know Devin, we talked a lot about he 
He wants a payday. He wants he big does. money. And will he get that? Not with the Bucks. Maybe he gets it somewhere else. But if he does get that big payday that he wants, he definitely should use that money wisely, invest it wisely, and talk to people that he can trust with his money. And I recommend to Devin White that he should use Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. That is right. Immunity Financial has proudly been serving clients across the country of the good old U.S. of A. since 1980. They got advisory services, investment banking, annuities, sales and trading. Uh, if your kid is planning on going to college, you could set up a college fund, college savings account as well. The cool thing about Immunity Financial is they don't just have offices in Tampa or Colorado. They have it across the United States. So... You know, you can be in Delaware or you can be in Idaho. They will have Immuni Financial, which is super cool. So um, give them a call. Get a free consultation. It's absolutely free. So why not? Check out Immuni Financial and uh, invest your money. Uh, we got another super chat to get to. A quick one from Catamax. Oh, did we miss one from before? Oh, we missed a super chat. My bad. Scott Jacks from earlier, $1.99. Must win episode. Should have replayed last week. We did say last week's game was a uh, uh, against the Texans. It was a must win. This one, even more must win. Or, Adam, yeah. as we were talking about, it's a can't lose. Yeah, next week, uh, the podcast won't have the must win alert on there if they lose this one again. Because then it won't be a must win. It'll be yeah. facing the 49ers. Probably losing, and then you're yeah. looking at three and seven. That's like, yeah. where do you go from there? So, uh, feel free to put in the comments if it's uh, a must win or a can't lose. Yeah, you guys can decide. And anyway, Cata Max with his two dollars super chat says Devin White may be on his way out next year. He's going to be out. Think that's a maybe. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's, it's closing. And, and it's not even like if you want to argue that Devin's been fine, okay, this year, you can, but. And it's on top of that, it's not even just the money that he wants. It's the money that the Bucks have to give to other people that Devin hasn't put himself in that position. He's yeah. not even in the top two. And depending on what happens with Mike, at best, Devin is four. And that's mm -hmm. before anything with Baker Mayfield. If Baker plays better and they want to bring him back, it'll be a little bit more money. At best, Devin's four on the list. And he mo most likely is five. So, yeah, four or five. Good luck. I do want to say Good if luck. it was Servassier Dennis, like, performing like Devin White is right now, you would say, okay, he's having a solid rookie year. But the fact that it's Devin White wanting to get that big payday and he's just kind of been average to maybe slightly below, like, like, like you said, he's going to be at least fourth, probably fifth in the contract hierarchy. He is uh, one guy he does have in his corner outside of uh, outside of Todd Bowles would be Larry Foote, and Larry Foote was um, he was asked today about the play of the linebackers, and then also there's been issues with the pass rush, especially guys with the front four, just being able to disrupt the quarterback on a on a consistent basis because the sacks have been there from time to time, but consistently there hasn't been enough pressure. Um, these were the comments of co-defensive coordinator Larry Foote on those topics. He's pretty proud of what he's done so far in the defense, but I want to ask you maybe as a whole for the inside linebackers, how you would look at them about half of the season. Hey, they're all right. I mean, we're three, five, and we're three and five. I mean, you the middle linebacker, and, you know, <laughs> we got to be on the other side. And, uh, but they're playing solid. They're, they're, uh, I know Devin was dealing early in the season with a little, uh, injury, but, they're playing solid, uh, but just halfway point. I like to evaluate at the end of it, you know, the whole body of work, but I'm pleased. Coach Bowles said um, not affecting the quarterback enough. Just when you watch the tape, what jumps out at you as to maybe why 
Um, this team wasn't able to affect C.J. Stroud the way you would hoped, and, and really in recent games, why there hasn't been more of an effect on the opposing quarterback. Well, defense, especially if you're a pass rusher, a front seven guy, you don't want to have a quarterback having five, six seconds, you know, and that happens. Sometimes we get chipped. Sometimes, you know, just you don't have it like you want to have it. But everybody, I said, if you get 39 points up, everybody got a role in it. And we always, you always start there. You want more pressure on the, on the quarterback. And we all know this is a throwing league, and that's why the guys get paid big bucks. But we got to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, so they're all right. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I uh, saw this comment from Brent O'Neill. First of all, saying these guys keep saying Baker Mayfield, bring Baker Mayfield back, LOL. Uh, our media love below average quarterbacks. And then he goes on to say, hell no, Baker Mayfield ain't earned this contract. I never said that he earned the contract. I, yeah. I think I pretty much just said, if you roll back the tape, if he plays himself into a situation where he can get a second contract. I didn't say that they should bring him back. He I'm actually priority more, number one at all. Like, yeah. That, that's why I said Antoine yeah. and Tristan or whichever order I said it. So I'm not the one saying bring Baker back. Has he played average? Yeah, he's played average. I think Baker, I think Baker has played well enough where he will get signed somewhere else. It to could be a starter. Be a, could to potentially be a, like, honestly, right now, like, I think the Jets are a good example. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't healthy and you're like, hey, we kind of want to draft a quarterback, Baker would be a perfect stopgap quarterback for the Jets to keep the Jets competitive. But no one cares about the Jets right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, Brent uh, says I was responding to a guy in the chat. All right. Fair enough, Brent. Anyway, hey, you got to be on the screen. Appreciate you watching the show and your comments. Uh, Adam, sounded like you were going to say something. Yeah, on the topic of quarterbacks. So this Sunday... Uh, the Bucs are facing another rookie quarterback and Will Levis. And Will Levis, he's a topic of discussion, whether it's Tristan Wirfs being asked about uh, the, the bananas or the mayo yeah. and the coffee or <laughs> just being another rookie quarterback that the Bucs have to prepare for. It's going to be really interesting with Will Levis because he only has two games of NFL tape on him. And so uh, Zion McCollum, I asked him today about facing him, and he said, don't underestimate anybody. And it looks like the Titans have trust in Will Levis. He's a guy who can make all the throws. If he drops back 10, 15 yards in the pocket, he can throw across his body uh, like Aaron Rodgers and get a completion to DeAndre Hopkins. So he showed off some upside and he's been really confident in the pocket and kind of going through his reads and progression, but he's still raw. And he's still that, that guy who could throw four touchdowns or throw three interceptions. So the Bucs need to capitalize Kind of going back, they need to capitalize to win this Sunday. Uh, you know, we spoke to him. I remember I asked him a question at, at the NFL Combine, and you know, he, obviously he was a more high-profile person, so the podium he was at was freaking gigantic. But I remember, like, the big takeaway from his press conference is he is a dude that just exudes confidence. Yeah, like you could tell, like it was almost on the borderline of cocky. And, you know, there is always that line of, is it better to be confident or cocky? Or can you be confident without being cocky? Whatever it is, it's worked for him, at least for the first two games of the season. And I know they didn't beat the Steelers on Thursday night. But, again, a rookie, his second career start, and he has he less preparation. He did not look bad. His throw, his throwing motion still it's is, interesting. So, is so <laughs> odd to me. But, nonetheless, yeah. um, to your point, Larry Foote spoke about Will Levis as well. Uh, first video I'm going to play, though, kind of just putting a bow on what the hell went wrong <laughs> against the Texans, and then we'll get into Foot's comments about the Titans. Flapses. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you've been in this league 20-plus years. You're going to be in some of those games, and uh, you're going to be on the other side of it sometimes. Yeah. And uh, Personally, I've been, you know, that guy who's called out who messed up. I've been on both sides, and uh, – my message to them guys, respond. This league is about responding. And uh, you play long enough, you know, sometimes the bear going to get you and sometimes you're going to get it. Absolutely. Guys coming together. Uh, you know, it's a tough loss. Everybody had to take ownership in it. And uh, anytime you give up 39 points, everybody had a, a hand in it. Those guys know that. We got to pick each other up. And uh, just halfway point right now, we got to respond. 
been a big reason why the Bucks have been in many games this season and why they've won. So just how surprising was it with, you know, that performance last game? Well, when that happens, you know, everybody got to look at themselves individually. Uh, you know, it's a gut, a gut punch. And uh, guys got to respond. And, you know, the defensive guy, that hurts. That hurts. And uh, we learned from it. We're getting better. We moved on. And we're ready to go. And without further ado, Larry Foote on the Tennessee Titans talking specifically about Will Levis, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Hopkins. Have you heard of those last two guys? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> From one rookie quarterback to another and facing Will Levis. And although he only has two NFL starts, he has all the arm talent and also the confidence. What can you say about Levis and kind of game planning against him? Well, 20 years ago, you see a rookie quarterback, you're just licking your chops. I think just from Little League, from 707 high school, everything is passed. These quarterbacks can pass the ball. It's not like that 20 years ago. So rookie, they, it's just so much passing. We've seen that last week. That guy did not look like a rookie. And it's the same way with him watching him on tape. He knows what to do with the ball. He got a strong arm. And, uh, you know, he didn't lit a little fire since becoming a starter with the, the Titans. So it's going to be a big challenge. And those days are long gone. You're a quarterback in this league starting, you're dangerous. Sorry, that's just that physical. First and foremost, I'm glad me and you ain't out there playing for the <laughs> Bucks. Sure. I tell you that. And uh, <laughs> good luck to those guys. No, but it, that type of challenge, more has to the ball. And those guys, gonna, they're going to embrace it. They're going to love it. And uh, those guys are excited. That's a big challenge, big man. They should be geeked up for it. Yeah, we're going to need some Epsom salt and ice bath after the game, but uh, that's what makes football fun. It's a big challenge for us. challenge that the secondary has and trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, even though he's 31, he's not playing like it, and he's been having some really good games. Well, you see him and the young quarterback. They got a good rapport together. Uh, one of the best wide receivers last decade in this league. Uh, big challenge. You know, he's savvy. He's a big guy. Uh, he's getting a lot of targets. It's going to be a big challenge for our guys, and, uh, you know, guys are up for and uh you want those matchups i always appreciate talking to larry foot he's uh he's a fun guy to interview he's very calm cool and collected and uh i think doesn't always give the most thorough responses but also opens the door a little bit to kind of what's going on and uh he's kind of funny too not that again that that makes you a good coach or anything yeah. like that. Um, guys, there is an NFL game going on tonight. And yes, it's an NFC South opponent, so you pay a little bit more attention to it. But Bears-Panthers might be one of the worst NFL games on the schedule. It just flat out how it is. Two really, really bad teams. Bears get both of their picks. You know how you could spice this game up just a little bit? Making some picks on Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus with Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played before, their pick'em games are a ton of fun. You pick at least two players, one from each team. So for this example, you'd have to pick at least one player from the Bears, one player from the Panthers. But you can pick up to five players and um, win up to 20 times your money. You just pick certain stats, as you can see on the screen. It could be higher or lower than certain passing yards for a quarterback or rushing yards for a uh, running back or whoever. Um, it's a ton of fun. Great way, especially to watch games where maybe your favorite team isn't playing. You do it for the Bucks game as well. You do it for a number of different sports. So check out Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter. And uh, also check out their in-season tournaments that they got going on. The rivals are fun as well. Promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, with Underdog Fantasy. This really is a must-win, man. Um, yeah. I can hypothesize what can happen if they lose, but I'd rather just see them win a game and and keep the, keep the, the carrot dangling of the playoffs still around there. Yeah, there is still, if you're looking at it like a treasure map for the Bucs, they're, the X to mark the spot is still there. They, yes. They're still well on their way, but it's going to take a sharp detour if they lose this Sunday. So it really is a must-win game. Very much so. Just a reminder to everybody, we have the Pure Game Day show coming up on Sunday for Bucks titans 
We'll have the pregame show an hour before kickoff starting at noon. And then I will be on during the game, so you don't have to switch that dial or touch that dial or anything like that. It'll be right on our YouTube channel. I'll be giving my live uh, reactions, opinions, all that stuff to the Bucks game. It's great to interact with everybody. I'll put a bunch of comments up. Of course, Super Chats cut the line. And we'll see if the Bucks can get back on track with this game. Then, of course, following Bucks Titans, we will have the Peter Post game show uh, with the cast of characters from PeterReport.com. You never know who's going to pop up. In the meantime, before we sign off, please make sure to follow us on all of our social media on X, Threads, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Peter Report, and then our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV, where we have the podcast four times a week, various clips from practice and press conferences, and Peter Picks and Props, which will be out tomorrow. Check out my Bucks picks for that one. Uh, Scott's got the Peter Pulse, and we always got great stuff going on. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a comment as well that really helps grow our audience of Pewter Report TV. But until then, thanks everybody for watching. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying we appreciate you all. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Sunday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Must win game. Peace out. Out.